This podcast is Entel Enhanced. To see pictures, articles and links of what's being discussed, download the Entel app. Hello, welcome to the Big Scuba Show. Alright, so hello, my name is Ethan. I'm a Paddy MI. I'm working in environmental education and outreach in Ireland. And I'm here with Gemma and Ian on the Big Scuba podcast to talk about life as a dive instructor, the importance of responsible diving, environmental education, and just all wonderful dive related things. Welcome back to the Big Scooper podcast. We are your hosts, Gemma and Ian. Before we get cracking with today's episode, we just want to make sure you have hit that follow button or the subscribe button, depending on what platform you are listening on. If you are listening on Apple Podcasts and you enjoy what you're going to hear today, we would really appreciate it if you can leave a review and a five-star rating. So now that's out of the way, we just want to say welcome and thank you for all tuning in. And now it's time to dive into today's episode. Hello everyone, welcome back to the Big Scuba Podcast. My name's Ian, I'm one of your co-hosts, and the other co-host who's here with me is... Gemma, hello Yay. everyone. So um, anyway, you all know what we're all about by now. We're going to be 115 episodes into this. Well, so there might be somebody new listening. Well, uh, for, for those who are new, welcome. And uh, we talk about diving, scuba diving, free diving, having fun on the water... Yeah, so it could be paddleboarding, kayaking, swimming. Whatever you like, and we, we, but we particularly get like to get guests on who have done fun things or they particularly just love getting in the water, diving, having fun, exploring. They've usually done some pretty exciting things. They have, and they have a positive message about the marine world and ocean conservation. We like positivity, and on that note, we have got a great guest for you. For this week, we have got... Paddy instructor, author as well. As yes, co-author. Co yeah. Ethan Gillespie-Mills. I hope I've got Ethan. Yes, yeah. Name. And we've got a recommendation that we should contact her from um, a guy on LinkedIn. Yeah. So uh, who's, who's joined us on LinkedIn? If you're not joined us yet on LinkedIn, why not? Come on, get on board. Uh, we share stuff on LinkedIn as well. Uh, I know it's a bit business-like well, well no but there's lots but of good stuff on there isn't there is, there? Yeah, yeah. there is there is there is so uh, all part of the platforms beyond coming up in this episode we've got for you this week we talk a bit about what we've been up to Gem's been in the water with the coast guard um we've we've got there was a we're going to have a bit of a serious chat but because um there was a um a court case that mm -hmm. came about um it took a long time to get there, but it's uh, that ended recently um, with sadly uh, a death in the diving world. Um, but we're going to talk touch on that. Um, we're also going to talk about there's a great uh, scuba show mm -hmm. in Florida, Florida Long Beach. Yes, yeah. uh, talk about that. And Paddy uh, have seen have uh, joined forces with Sea Legacy as well, um, and there's a petition for you all to get behind and sign up to. Yes, yeah. And we'll tell you where to go to for that. Uh, but before we get into that, uh, do you want to talk about Coast Guard? What's been happening on the Coast Guard in front on the Suffolk coast? <laughs> well, there's yeah, been a few incidents, but we have training every Monday night right. as a team. And we went out on um, a training exercise to our local, well, it's called Alton Broad, so it's a big lake, kind of, yeah, big expanse of water, and I ended up being put in a dry suit. Did and, it? Yeah, oh. rescuing a casualty. Well, you used a dry suit. <laughs> yes, yeah, it was, and that was. Oh, I don't this know. This one's bright yellow. Red. 
right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that was about seven in the evening. So, but it wasn't too much of a shock getting in the water. It was not that cold. So, and I rescued. Um, oh, you are a diver. Yes. Yes. So I rescued one of our colleagues, Matt. He was floating about. <laughs> and then we did I got back in the water and the guys practiced some line throwing at us yeah. so yeah it was really good and it obviously put everything into practice that we've learned so rather than the theory well, you've got some do. more practice coming up next month because you've got your rest your paddy rescue course with <laughs> yes. Polly at Crystal Sea Scuba and I'm going to be one of the illustrious dive masters I'm the, yes I'm looking forward to that rescue as well <laughs> And, you need uh, rescuing. Well, I will be. I'm the oh, sort of part of it. Have know, I got a hump you out of the water? Well, you might have to. <laughs> I had, when I did my rescue, uh, I had to lift uh, one of the team out of the water, and he weighed 18 stone. He's six foot four. <laughs> I don't really relish lifting um, you. <laughs> let's just say his legs were dragging on the floor, but I managed to haul him out. Just honestly, so uh, yeah. Uh, but all part of the fun. But you will cover you. You know some of the things you you'll do on the rescue course. You that yeah. won't be new to you. That'll be stuff that you've already covered, uh, and probably even more detail in the coast guard. Yes, and the first aid side of things. That's probably more um, extensive that I've done with the yeah. coast guard than just. Yes, yeah. yeah, so that's been exciting stuff. So yeah. um, not been on call an awful lot. Cause been busy at work, but hopefully next week we we'll back to right it. So. To Easter, the demand for fish has been busy this it week. It has yes. Mm. I've been uh, crossfitting as usual this week. Um, it's the European Championships Tech. Um, so yesterday we did the Witten Wad. Uh, look that one up. That's an absolute nightmare. Um, lots of running involved in that one. But I did my 22.2, yeah. which is the second league. And I'm currently sitting in 36th position in men's novice. It's very good. Not bad, is it? No. No, we've done our 5k, our Sunday fun run today, haven't yeah. we? <laughs> so it's... Yeah, I'm pretty, pretty pleased with that, although there's a lot of scores still to go in, so I'm, <laughs> I'm probably going to go further down the list. Well, and there's another ward yet you've got to there do, is, isn't there? Yeah, yeah but I'm pretty, pretty pleased with that on no, a Sunday morning. Very uh, good. Sitting in 36th position in the European Championships. Not bad for a bit of a, bit, a, bit of a go. Um, yeah, okay, well... Let's talk about this court case. So um, there's a couple of some really good articles. Um, we'll put some links this. And before we get into that, what say you know our thoughts about our uh, of the person and uh, his you know his name for this discussion. I, I don't think we need to, no. to name. Um, but our thoughts are with him and his family, um, who sadly passed away in this incident. Mm. And, you know, and that's what we have to bear in mind through all of this, you know. But I think something this, which has happened, we, we, we need to bring up, you know. And I, yeah, we wouldn't be a diving podcast if we don't talk about it. No. You know, um, so this happened six years ago. It hadn't happened at Stony Cove. It's a, it's a site that we've dived many times now. Um, and people dive all the time. And uh, one Sunday, um, you know, uh, the... A dive happened and they went to the hydrobox box. Mm. Yeah. so it's 30 35 meters yeah so. and um you know they it was a dive that they'd been planning for uh for quite a while and they'd done their training for and they it's, it's a tricky thing you know i've been on dives where i've seen my instructor you know i'm the dive master uh, my i've seen my instructor 
um, calm someone down who's having it been in a complete panic. Mm. And it's not nice to see. No, you know, but it happens, it doesn't does it? Happen, You've you got know, to be prepared. It can happen really, really quickly. And we have to remember that, you know, with all these things, that, that there's always um, risks. You know, we, when we get in the water, there, there, there are risks. And um, the instructor from Northampton who was involved in this, um, you know, had a, a dive master. And in my view, going by everything um, I've read. Yeah, and did everything right. You did everything right, you know. And you, it, if you go down to these depths, and I've done this dive uh, a few times now, been down to the hydro box and been to the roof of the hydro box. Uh, I did my deep there, mm. um, my deep spec there a few years ago. Um, and I spent a numerous dives working up to that deep. And I think I, was, I got to about 36 metres, uh, one side of it. Um, it's not pleasant. It's very dark down there. It's cold. Doesn't it's sound nice. Even through, even through the summer, it'll be dark and it'll be about five degrees. You know, five, mm. six degrees, it's not all that great. But it's, there's not many places in the UK where you can dive. Uh, and now with NDAC out of the way, uh, for it's most of us getting uh, that depth isn't it that's probably the one and only place inland where you can go for that sort of depth mm -hmm. if you want to do any training um, you know so uh, it, you know he's a, he's a diver has been carried up many times the bit I found worried me the more while this court case was going on and as details were being released was that the prosecution of the case uh seemed to didn't really understand the idea of a safety stop mm. uh, and it was almost implying that this you know uh, an instructor uh, maintaining having the safety stop was at fault um that was my understanding I, I, you know and there's good reasons why we use a safety stop yeah in normal situations but this was slightly different wasn't it yeah. the guy was yeah you know and there's things that we need to bear in mind you know and i think when there was obviously there was um, there's some issues that was picked up in the court case where um, the bereaved had uh, not been clear on his medical form about a pre-existing condition mm. um, which may have uh, contributed uh, to his uh, reaction and behaviour in the war yeah and I think they when they did the post-mortem, they couldn't tell, could they? No. So, unfortunately. No. Also, uh, there's a strong belief as well that uh, drugs were involved. Yes. Uh, yeah. They've been consumed beforehand, you know. And on that point, you know, any uh, any medical condition, you, you if you haven't been clear on your diving medical, you've got to really be, at least speak to your instructor, especially if you're going deep particularly if you're going deep, um, to bring that up. You know, even if you're, uh, any of these drugs, it's very rare, have been tested at any depth. Yeah, you don't know how they're going to change in your system. The belief, the belief is, is that any drugs that you do take, and I'm talking prescribed drugs, I'm not talking about recreational drugs, um, but the effect will be the same, that any drugs that you take, or alcohol, will increase mm. you know with, with pressure with the effect of yeah pressure yeah. and one of the things we've always said 
is that the last thing you want to be is underwater wishing you was above the water. Mm -hmm. You're always better being above the water wishing you was under yeah, exactly. than the other way around, yeah. you know. And we don't know what happened. Uh, in, the only people who do know for certain were the people who were involved, you know. Yeah. And our opinion don't really count for anything and I'm not going to add an opinion. Uh, I just think um, we want, if you haven't seen or heard about this court case have a read yeah. have a read there's a really good article written by steve wine weinman uh it for diving it uh, it's come out recently and he has a very good article where he explains about what's actually happened yeah it's quite um so sobering there's as well, no there's no uh what's the word, opinion or you know no one's making any judgment yeah, it's facts. It covers the facts. But it's for the diving point of view, there's two things come from it. Is one, I think, you know, there is risks uh, with diving, yes. And, you know, part of our training is all about detail, is dealing with them risks. Yeah, it's knowledge and minimising risks, isn't yeah. it? Uh, but also being upfront, being up open. Honest. And, and telling and having that relationship with your instructor to say, you know, uh, I've got hay fever or something like this, making sure you, you tell them because then they know and then you, you can all make this informed decision on whether you then carry on with the dive. Well, anybody can call the dive, can't they? Yeah, yeah. any, 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 any. Mm. It's Christina who yes. <laughs> told us, you know, and, and that is right. Uh, so being totally upfront and honest uh, and clear on the diving medical, with your dive, with, with your health because your health can change you know from one year to the next you can have good days and bad days as well yeah, yeah. uh and also um you know and think about if you are going diving you know what you're doing the night before are you exercising hard are you drinking are you uh having a really heavy meal are you you know smoking something and things like that mm -hmm. you, know, you just got to remember that's going to be in your system how is that going to be if you're having the big dive you know, so just bear that in mind, okay? Um, and the other thing that will come out of this, uh, and again, we'll share the details of the where you can find out about this. So uh, in the article, um, Steve talks about what an IPO is. Uh, for those who don't know, that is immersion pulmonary edema because mm. they believe this is one of the con contributing eff effects um, to what happened. And this is quite a new thing. It's only been discovered over these last few years. Um, and it can affect anyone who's swimming, diving, free diving, scuba diving. Snorkeling. Snorkeling. Anything. You know, if you're getting in the water, it's all about, you still, even if you're on the surface, you've still got a pressure around you. And you could potentially have a... Um, a What's the word? Uh, sort of a, um, you won't know about it until it happens. But basically, we're through pressure being on your system. Blood, blood goes actually into your lungs. Mm, yeah, and it can be a delayed effect as well. It can it? be, yeah. and it can be something that can build up over a matter of time. Mm. And they found it potential, uh, particularly with people who've got a long history of really deep dives because you know, there's more pressure. Yeah. Things. Um, and it's a really good article it's really worth understanding um, don't let that put you off because you know 
as we said, there's always risks for everything. It's risk getting in your car. Yeah, he's recognising it. Though, but isn't the it? more important thing is, is knowing what to do. One, so knowing how, what to recognise. Two, what do you then do about it? So there's a really, in part of the article, there's explains about a lady who was in warm water, in a wetsuit, shallow dive, and she had a lovely dive, came up, Mm. suddenly found that she was finding it very hard to breathe. Yeah. She was abroad. They thought, mm, if she got bent, she didn't think that was Decompression, bent. yeah. She, and she thought of something else. She actually heard about this IPO and thought, I think, and as her breathing was getting worse, as she was on the boat going back, she wanted to be uh, took to the local hydrobaric centre uh, for uh, emergency help. Mm-hmm. So they stuck on oxygen, which is the right thing to do, put on oxygen. They got her to the chamber, and the chamber said, no, she, she's this not is bent. Not, this is not a um, decompression thing. This is what she's actually suffering with. And the uh, it just came on her. And there's just a lady who's done loads of dives. Mm. You know, so the thing, the important thing was that she recognised straight away what the effects were that she was suffering. She knew what to do. And she did something about it, yeah, and got on air as well, and and that was one of the things that saved the life. Yeah, but it's also important people recognise if it's happening to somebody else. Yeah, so we'll share these two things. Uh, we haven't gone into too much about the whole court case. Um, what I would say is go look at uh, go on the Divernet's uh, website, download the articles. Really well worth uh, a read uh, if you haven't done that, and it goes into a lot more detail. Yeah, yeah and, uh, but I think, um, from my understanding, it sounds like the right outcome come to, and uh, you know, our thoughts always are with the uh, the family yeah. who's involved and the and the, the divers who are involved. And it's a learning um, platform it's as well. That wouldn't have been nice having them over their heads for six years. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, there we go. Okay. Um, okay. So on to happier things. Uh, very talk. This is very so. If you are in the Florida area, we have quite a few listeners who listen to us in the uh, US of A. Um, you've got a great dive show coming up. Another yeah, one. Yeah, they're really so you lucky. Had Dima. Now you've got this one in Florida on Long Beach. Uh, Ten thousand people expected. Yeah, to. and that's happening mid-May, fourteenth and fifteenth of May. Mm-hmm. So uh, go to it. Let us know how it is. Send some photos. Uh, you got the back phone number. Let us know where to, you know, what it's like, and uh, share and tell us all about it. That'd yeah, be good. that'd be good. Yeah. So, you know, it's good now. The old uh, COVID lockdown things are sort of hopefully behind us. Everybody uh, can get back to dive shows. Mm. Yeah. So it'd be great to see coverage. Yeah, would. So great. Right. Okie dokie. Uh, let's get on with this guest. Yes. So her name is Ethan Gillespie Mules, and she's a very positive, jolly person. Right. Okay. Perfect. <laughs> right. So uh, here's the podcast. So uh, this is the Big Scooper podcast, and we have Ethan online. So welcome to the Big Scooper podcast. Hello. Hello. It's great to be here. Yeah. Thanks for joining yeah. us. Yeah. So obviously all our listeners would love to know a little bit about you. Um, so can you just uh, tell us a bit about yourself? Sure. So basically I grew up on the northwest coast of Donegal, of Ireland, um, from Derry originally, but spent a lot of summers along the Donegal coastline, which is absolutely stunning if you've ever been to it or have never been and want to take a visit. And I basically always had a love for the ocean and 
just fascination of marine life and everything that kind of was in the water. So it was constantly going out and like playing in the water, snorkeling as a kid. And then that kind of led me into wanting to do marine science at university, um, where I, in, which I did in Galway in Ireland. And it was through that where I met this fantastic um, kind of role model, um, inspirational speaker that came in and talked about conservation and going out and been doing volunteer work in the dive industry. And he was talking about this program in, um, in Mozambique. Um, it was a whale shark conservation program. And that just kind of burst my bubble. And I was like, this is it. I need to do this. I need to get out and get diving. I need to see all this tropical and incredible marine life out there. Um, so myself and one of my um, classmates went out and we spent a month diving that's where I did my open water in my advanced course. Oh, wow. We were diving with whale sharks and mantas, giant mantas, and we were out helping in citizen science. That was kind of the key into conservation. Mm-hmm. And with like, you know, the people like Andrea Marshall, the queen of mantas and Simon Pierce, the king of kind of whale sharks. And it was just such an incredible experience. Yeah, yeah, and at Mozambique, we've had a previous guest on, uh, Francesca Trotman from Love the Oceans, Uh and she, yeah, the marine life that she spoke about was just amazing. It's absolutely mind-blowing, and to see, like, as a new diver, to see all that kind of in the first few dives, like, it was that, we were spoilt, and kind of, it kind of set the standard for the rest of the, the diving. Yeah. career yeah that's a great place to do yeah your open water and advance definitely yeah. yeah well that's just absolutely awesome isn't it and uh, what a start in your diving career so have you not thought about diving beforehand or it's just you know the speaker come along and bing you know that was the time I guess it all kind of sparked off when so my sister lives in Australia and I went out to visit her with my family when we were about when I was about nine years old yeah. and we actually did a trip on the Great Barrier Reef like I guess all kind of budding marine biologists and marine scientists there's always that bit of a spark and kind of something that sets that person off to kind yeah. of want to take that path and we went out on a snorkel trip and I remember just jumping in and seeing like well seeing the corals seeing just all the tropical fish and life and then I saw these two divers and they were down under the water and I was like why could I I'd be there. I want to be under the water. And I was so jealous and envious. And there was this huge Napoleon Rass that was really curious. Oh, wow. Swimming around them. And I was just like, I, I want to be them. <laughs> and I guess that was kind of the key in, in all of that. And then from then on, it was like, I was just driven. I remember at school, kind of, it was always like, what do you, what do you dream of kind of being? I was like, I want to dive with sharks. That's, that's my goal. <laughs> Yeah. I will make that happen. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's amazing how something, yeah, just sparks that. Absolutely. know that they are going to go into the underwater world. Yeah, it's incredible. Yeah. That's it, definitely. Yeah. 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 So after Mozambique, where did it take you then? So then I finished my degree um, in Galway and then I decided straight after, and rather than carrying on to do a master's, I decided to kind of save up all through my college time and went off and did my dive master course in Bali and it was just an incredible experience and I was very lucky we had two amazing mentors as our dive instructors and 
the group, there was about eight of us doing it together. And as I'm sure you're aware of like kind of the currents and just the type of diving that is in ballet and you have like incredible macro life, you've got, you've got your megafauna, but you've also got all the small critters and some of the best muck diving in the world. Yeah. But then it was all about our, our instructors and they were just so, they were just incredible. It was all about buoyancy control. It was about looking, you know, and taking it all and looking at the small things, not just the bigger things. And then obviously working with groups with those type of currents. Um, yeah. And it was really challenging and definitely a big eye-opener in terms of your responsibility as a, as a dive professional. Mm. Um, and just seeing their role and how just how inspiring they were and how much of an impact they had on my life. And it's like, I want to, I want to have that impact in someone else's life. Yeah. You know? It's amazing yeah. how that swap around rather Absolutely. than just being about your diving. It's actually about someone else's diving, isn't it? And their safety as well. Absolutely. And especially in conditions as you would have and kind of ex- those type of extreme currents, it's all about kind of, diver management and control yeah. and, safe, and all your safety briefings. So did your instructors know what your future plans were? They had no idea. I guess okay. I, I didn't kind of, I never planned to go on to be an instructor. It was kind of like just the next step. And I yeah. guess that idea of, Oh, it's great. I'll, you know, travel around the world as a dive master. And, and of course, when once you get to that step, you kind of realize, Hmm, it's always, let's take it to the next step yeah yeah yeah. well because a lot of people um i've seen uh they qualify as a dive master Mm -hmm. and then they go to different parts of the world and their their view always was you know right Mm -hmm. right, get dive master and then go and do um you know train as a instructor somewhere else you know build their career up like that experience i think that's a really vital kind of um part of the development is not only to kind of develop in one like one area and one environment, I think it's so important to get experience in lots of different environments. Because, well, after ballet, I then decided, okay, I want to move on and go elsewhere to do my um, my instructor course. And I had a really good connection from the dive center that I did my dive dive master course with yeah. um, in Thailand in Phuket, and it was it was a woman um, course director called Sarah Kench, and she was just seemed fantastic um and I went there and that's where I did my instructor course oh wow so um and then from there how did you get in with green fins because you spent some time with them as well <laughs> yeah. so yes I actually listened to your podcast the other day with Samantha Green. Yes. Um, <laughs> so funny story one of our and really again, early ones as well exactly yeah and I think it's number 14 or something it's yeah great. it's about then yeah but basically, so when I, um, I, I did some experience, um, some work experience in Thailand as an instructor, which is fantastic. But then I decided to go home for just a period of time um, just to figure out kind of what the next steps were and kind of, OK, where do I want to be? Where do I want? I want to I want to live and instruct somewhere where you have the you know, you have the jungle and you have the white sandy beaches and you have coral reefs and you have seagrass and you've got mangroves and the whole package, um, which is obviously very, um, it's such a privilege to be able to work in those experience in those um, environments. Yeah. But I found this job, and it was they were looking for new 
instructors in the Philippines, in El Nido. And back then, El Nido, I don't know if you know where El Nido is, but no. when I started there, it was a tiny little coastal village in the Philippines in Palawan, yeah. one of the most beautiful islands, I think, in the world. And obviously the time I spent there, it really grew. And, and that's where green fins came in. So it, it, I think it was one of my first years or second years working as an instructor there. So it was very new. Yeah. And Sam came in and wow. we were getting green fins assessed. And I just, she just was this incredible woman, this in, really just such an inspiration. Yeah. yeah. And again, that was, that all keyed into kind of the environmental side of things, the citizen science that, you know, I kind of got from Mozambique and it just kind of, again, dabbled on all the things that I wanted to get involved in. And, yeah. and then so obviously we became Greenfins members, the dive center that I was working in. And from then I kept really good contact with Sam. And eventually I left, I spent three years working in the dive center in El Nido and grew incredibly as, a, as an instructor. But it was a dive center. So you're working kind of with customers that are coming daily or spending maybe up to a week. Yeah. And you still create amazing connections with them, even if you're only spending a few days. Like, I think that's one of the most rewarding things that as an instructor, you get to take people for their first breaths underwater and you show them, you know, this incredible environment. And all of a sudden you've got this connection for life. And yeah. it's wonderful because I'm still in really good contact with some of my my previous students which is just lovely yeah um and then I wanted to get more into conservation so that's when I was looking like um for not only roles in instructing at a dive center but looking at NGOs and positions there so I started working in marine conservation Philippines in Negros Oriental as volunteer coordinator and um, lead instructor and that's when again I reconnected with Sam wow. and she actually trained me up as a Greenfins assessor. Oh wow. Along with the local government there. And we went out assessing all the dive centers along Negros Oriental. And that was just so rewarding. It was amazing, like kind of the whole trip around. Yeah. yeah. And we always say that the diving world is so small because everybody oh, connected. Yeah. And funny, like Sam would have been connected with. Um, conservationists that I would have met and been in contact with in Tofu in Mozambique so and that was completely world apart but yet it was all interconnected mm -hmm. and then and um, some of the colleagues that I work with actually in marine conservation Philippines um, were also connected to Sam and Reef World and just all these different wonderful NGOs and conservationists all around and we just all kind of came together and made these wonderful connections it was fantastic yeah, yeah. and it's such a great thing because it's such an important thing this conservation and you've got people so passionate about it as well absolutely and it brings up that whole thing about diving with a purpose like we are under like well I'm not diving as much as I was previously but like we were diving every single day. You're the eyes of the underwater kind of world. And, yeah. yeah. And uh, I think since, you know, you hear, that's a phrase we're hearing more and more, and especially as technology is coming out, um, you know, where things like power lenses are, are log, logging Absolutely. things that you see uh, with GPS. And, um, you know, uh, we had Monty Halls on and he was talking about citizen science mm -hmm. out in the Galapagos Islands. And yeah. uh, it's, big, you know, it's a big thing nowadays. 
it's huge it's yeah. absolutely fantastic because we we did really actually important. um uh, we did a lot of work on turtle ID identification with another NGO called Limave in the Philippines, which was incredible. And we we ID'd over, I think it was over 200 individual turtles just along one small stretch of coastline. Wow. And that is just key into their conservation and protection. Like, what are these turtles doing? Why are they here? Are they feeding? Are they, you know, are they nesting? Or And it's just, just incredible. And that is now yeah. kind of spread out everywhere so like your whale shark id as well similar mm. um yeah similar yeah. processes with whale sharks we've spoken to the people the galapagos whale shark project yes. as well and it's just mind-blowing how these yeah they just disappear and no one knows where they've gone no one knows absolutely that's it and it's funny like coming back and relocating back to ireland so with the pandemic um we end up deciding to make that move back home um because i lived in the philippines for up to eight years at that stage um and this was last year and then to kind of get involved in the dive industry like i'm i'm just starting to really kind of figure out the industry here and trying to you know make those connections and meet the meet people and and it's 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 wonderful like and to see all the things that are happening back here mm. like not only in the south of ireland in the north and over in england like in scotland it's incredible and and then you have so sea search so i just got my sea search observer course done ah, nice one. just again just diving with a purpose right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Um, i'm afraid i'm gonna have to um pause for a second i've got my son knocking on the windows and the doors because <laughs> he's trying to get in um so oh, you... yeah. <laughs> sorry family i'm so sorry I'm just, one second you can't hear my dog snoring can you no, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh. so whereabouts in ireland are you based now so i'm based in letter county so northwest on Nigel. right okay are you on the coast there close so yeah. i'm working in dairy so i'm working in environmental education in dairy but um we decided to kind of be in letter county so we have access to all the yeah. nice parts of donegal <laughs> yeah oh wow, that's just amazing and you you know it's the diving there as well it's just yeah amazing it's been incredible because i was i was i was living i was dive, living down in Kerry for a few months before i came up to donegal just over the last year yeah. and we got diving out in skelligs and it was just amazing <laughs> and i haven't done much diving in ireland at all so to see the marine life here it was just like what so when I, did you obviously you did quite a lot of warm water diving to start with so it must be mainly warm water and then mm -hmm. only coming back here like i think before i came relocated i only had two three dives in cold water yeah. so this past year has been a big eye-opener <laughs> Yeah. yeah oh it must be amazing and you know so so diverse again from the warm water to the cold water and yeah, time. seeing what's on your doorstep as well it's just that's it it's incredible yeah, yeah. So, so when did you last dive so my last dive was only two two months about a month it was a month ago yeah. and it was that it was this winter dive and i met this incredible um dive club down in Kerry, and when i was living down there for a few months and they they were just just these warm just lovely kind gentle people and I think that's such a key when you especially when you're coming as an outsider or coming as a new like come like as much as experience as I have as a dive instructor 
Um, and no mind the dives I had coming into a completely new environment like cold water diving. It was all very new. So I was very cautious and quite, um, I would say probably a little bit anxious about kind of just all of these new things happening. And I honestly yeah. didn't do a dry suit and that was all new. Um, and how, did you, how did you find that transition? I did it. I dived in a wetsuit for about three months and I suffered for three months. And I was like, I'm going to do this. And it was so funny because I never felt fully, I never felt fully comfortable. And I felt like my just, my brain wasn't working as, and I wasn't as confident as I would have. cold. You know, it was the cold. I wasn't able to think properly. (laughs) (laughs) Completely brain dead. So the transition into a dry suit, my, I remember the first, I was quite nervous about the first um, dry suit dive. And I literally, as soon as I got in and just got my balance and got control of the buoyancy, I was like, oh my God, I'm a diver. I can dive. <laughs> and I just, after all that time, like, I'm really glad I, you know, I, I did the wetsuit for a few months and built up that kind of resilience yeah. but as soon as I got into the dry suit it was a it was a game changer <laughs> yeah definitely yes. um, I know what it's like it can't yeah I can't think straight from in freezing cold water like that and you're no. feeling uncomfortable no way that's it yeah yeah oh well that's really really good so um so you're diving you and you do photography as well so yeah so I guess through all kind of the my diving career um, and again, this comes from wonderful mentors. And I, I'm not sure if you're aware of um, a guy called Henley Spears. He's a big photographer, um, but he was he was one of my dive master instructors in Bali, and he was big into photography as well. But he also loved like the detail and the macro life. And mm. I remember, like we had a lot of these extra kind of workshops, um, just because he was so passionate about it. And he would get us to kind of go out and critter hunt and, you know, spot, like go out and spot as much cool things as possible. Um, And that, that I guess was a key for me in terms of kind of getting more into um, macro photography. And I use a very kind of, I don't use huge setups mainly because I I can't afford it. Because once you go down like that, it's a slippery slope. So I use like the the Olympus TG series and they're just fantastic little cameras. It does get a bit competitive on the dive boat. Who's got the biggest lens and things like that? Absolutely. It's a man's thing. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. And, but these little cameras are just the best and you can clip them off and especially as an instructor, because obviously your main focus is on your students and so on. And obviously you shouldn't be focusing on photography as when you're with your students, but it's great to have it clipped on the side if you ever need it to pull it out for anything. Um, yeah. And, and yeah, and that really got me into just looking for small things. And, and like, I remember us doing night dives and taking, um, didn't like guided night dives in, in Negros Oriental at Marine Conservation Philippines. And we do them maybe once a week or so. And like at this one dive site, it's called Maladapai. And it was just, you would see like up to like eight, nine species of cephalopods. And it was just incredible. All in the one dive, you see like over 10 frogfish, some juveniles, some large ones, like different species. And and catching that was just just incredible. But then yeah. I guess the small things and the detail led me to coral reefs and just my fascination and the beauty and the structures of these delicate, incredible animals. 
mm. and capturing that and capturing just how 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 perfect they are and how structured they are and of course it's not always about the what they look like it's also you know we had tim lament got to get his yeah. name right he was on uh last episode and uh he was you know did a lot of talking about the sounds the yeah. sounds of the reef and that's something that we got we often miss when Definitely. we uh, when we're diving, and I think it's a really important thing to pick up on is the is us is the sounds around. Definitely, and it's, it's funny because I was listening to a podcast recently, and some of the shallow reefs. So I'm I'm a very I'm a fanatic of kind of shallow, you know, shallow calm reefs with the yep. light and color colors coming in. But it's where that's where you hear like the the buzz of the reef, and yep. and as Tim was saying in the, in the podcast. Like we would have done that with our students and like kind of come up and because it's all about buoyancy control and that yeah. is the key into into all diving and safety and con- especially when it comes to conservation and, and photography and but it, it's like just getting that point like that trim and just slowing down and like really slowing down your breathing and obviously yeah. we never hold our breath as Tim was saying but it's that pause <laughs> and hearing the buzz and the clicking and the crackling and it's like this is a whole like ecosystem of animals communicating and and it's just it's just mind-blowing yeah and so many people think the underwater world is silent and yeah it's just like you know you could go into a jungle and it's just like it's happening just buzzing exactly it actually reminds me of um we used to do this morning dive on um you know uh, the u.s liberty wreck in bali are you familiar with it no it's it's an incredible dive site it's very shallow but it does go down deep so okay. you, it, it's for all levels it's a wreck dive for all levels basically right. and like even from dsds kind of all the way down to tech divers oh, wow. and but it used to be really busy um especially during high season but we used to get up and do these morning dives these sunrise dives at like 5 a.m or you know 4 35 and the signs, and it was all about kind of the fish kind of waking up and it was the reef was coming alive with the light. Yeah. And I just remember you have your bump heads coming in and then just the crackling. Over, and it was just, it was incredible. Yeah. So beautiful. I guess it's like the mirror version of what, you know, if you live in the countryside, mm. uh, you know, four o'clock first light, Absolutely. you start, you start start hearing all the birds twittering don't you well it's the same thing with the with the reefs i guess the sunlight start penetrate oh. penetrating through and exactly. that starts waking them up exactly and it's just magic and to be able to share that with somebody and to show somebody and like introduce that to somebody yeah. it's just such a it's such a privilege it's just so rewarding to be able to do that yeah, yeah. and capture it and share with i think i always find it hard with video like i'm not so much of a videographer but I was always about sharing photos with family and friends and just, you know, this is, this is our earth. Like it's, it's our underwater world and it's just such a beautiful place to be in. And, uh, you know, I think sometimes with the, you know, with most of us on open water circuit diving, um, you kind of lose some of the noise, especially the finer noises because you've got that constant sound of the breathe of your breathing and the bubbles um, where, I guess, you know, for the people who are on rebreathers, they do get to hear more of the noises. Absolutely. And you can understand, especially for photographers and so on, kind yeah. of taking that path into rebreathing. It's definitely becoming much more popular nowadays. Yeah, um, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Even not for tech, like technical, it's even just for, like, I would love to have a rebreather and be at five meters. 
<laughs> just listen to everything that's going on. <laughs> yeah, well, that, you know, and again, that shows the shallower dives, you know, just holds so much life, doesn't it? Yeah, just, oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, Jem, think back to um, diving at Farns yeah. last year. One of the last dives that we did was about four meters, five meters tops. And it was incredible. With puffins, mm. seals. We had fish, there was all the kelp the uh, swirling around, the bright colours. And we were like, you know, you could have done it as a snorkel, but we were literally no deeper than four to five metres. And that's been oh, one of the best starts, hasn't it? Yeah, I can imagine, dive. yeah, definitely. I think, well, since diving back here in Ireland, I think it's one of my favourite parts coming up at the end of the dive and, you know, you're doing your safety stops and you're coming up and you start to get all that light in and the colours yeah. and... And again, the the buzz of kind of the shallow critters running around, and it's just it's, it's definitely one of the best parts. And I think yeah. with the light beams coming in, and again for a photographer, it's absolutely beautiful. And when it's clear enough, and you can see the boat, even better. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're so passionate about it. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So with you've um, done a book as well. Is that right? You've been in yes. book. Yeah. So. Basically, again, it was kind of that time through the pandemic and it's you're twiddling your thumbs kind of waiting around and it was obviously a very difficult time in terms of decisions and, you know, should we stay, should we stay in the Philippines, should we go back to Ireland and at, the, at that time we couldn't actually, we were stuck for a while as well, of course, yeah. um, so it's like, okay, got talking to a few colleagues and friends and just kind of rummaging ideas and and I think it came around, so a dear friend of mine who was also a colleague at Marine Conservation Philippines, she started up her um, NGO called Oceanus Conservation, focusing on blue carbon ecosystems, mainly mangroves, but kind of doing it as a whole, looking at your mangrove ecosystems, leading onto your seagrass and then onto your coral reefs. Yeah. Um, and with my fascination of corals and coral photography, um, we just thought we want to kind of like a lot of our work in marine conservation filming was working with coastal communities and working with youth groups and we were doing sea camps and it's all through kind of education and ocean literacy and it's like there's just not enough ocean literacy you know in curriculum especially in the Philippines, well, all over like not just yeah. in the philippines but like here in ireland as well um so it's like how do we kind of like how can we help you know get more ocean literacy and um in, like kids more involved in ocean literacy and then we thought let's do a storybook <laughs> we were coming up with all these ideas and just lovely little stories so we're like we also want to make it educational as well so we're like let's focus on coral reefs because as as i'm sure you're aware a lot of people are unaware that they're animals that they look like these big pretty colorful rocks and until you get up close do you see they're actually individual little animals all living in these amazing colonies so it's like, okay, that's that's the first focus. Let's yeah. talk about coral reefs and what they actually are and their importance um, to spread that awareness with some beautiful illustrations. Um, so that was kind of the first in the making. And then basically it was to, um, if anyone wanted to donate, then they would buy, buy a book and that would go towards, a PDF version would go towards them. And then it would uh, basically provide a book a hardback book to a local child mm. uh, focusing on coastal communities mm. and then through that and through the donations we were able to 
and do lots of kind of outreach events. So we actually brought in youth groups and they were able to kind of do storytelling with kids in different communities. And it was just, it's just wonderful. And then actually get out, you know, into the environment and show where the reefs are. And, and these are children, a lot of the children that we were focused on coming from coastal communities mm. are children, children of fisher community, like fisher folk. So it was, so it kind of enticed in the parents yeah, yeah. as well. And then like, it's incredible. Same like, like in a lot of fishing communities, the fishers aren't actually under the sea or they don't get a chance to see what's under. It's only what's coming up. Yeah. Yeah. So to be able to kind of introduce that into, um, into like, into um, different people's families to see what's actually under and you know, the incredibleness of it all, then hopefully that leads then to protection and creating that awareness and conservation in the future. Yeah, and just make people care for what they've Absolutely. It's, and I think that's the key, right? It's all about connecting and that leads to the, having passion and love for something and then that will then lead to wanting to protect it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah no, so have you got any more books planned? We actually have launched our second book yesterday right. and <laughs> we wanted to tie it in with Earth Hour tonight um so and this one we've decided to kind of continue the story on so it's by Corey um a little Corey a little coral polyp and she kind of meets this parrotfish and this turtle and then they go on this parrotfish and a turtle go on this adventure and they come to a, a bleaching reef in the shallows on another kind of in in a, in a different area and then they, they're talking to the, the bleaching coral polyps, like, well, what, what, why are you so white? Why are you fluorescing? What's going on? And then it's all about kind of why are corals fluorescing? Why are they bleaching? What are the threats? And we talk a little bit about ocean acidification and kind of explain what that is as well. Yeah. Um, so it's one, and then how we can kind of, and I guess it's like the green fins approach. It's, you know, we've got climate change and all these huge kind of impacts and threats um, that are global, but then it's all about us reducing the impacts locally to increase the resilience of coral reefs and of the yeah. marine environments. Yeah. So what can we do to reduce our those small local impacts that will actually create more resilience within coral communities? That's really timely because uh, right at the moment, right, you know, as we speak in, um, there's a bleaching event going on in on the Great Barrier Reef. That's right. It's like the fourth mass bleaching event in the yeah. past years, right? Yeah. It's yeah. incredible. And like, well, the weather today, I don't know yeah. if it's like with you, but it's... Oh, it's I'm like, it's yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just been incredible. And it's just such extreme... Yeah, we... When we were younger, we didn't have all this kind of up and down, up and down, but now we've just got this Absolutely. kind of... Yeah, heat yeah. waves and extreme weather which is yeah so much more extreme weather and it's happening all over the world like especially mm. with your forest fires and your massive floods and it's yeah it's definitely changing yeah. fast i don't know your um your area for diving have you got any reefs any um like chalk reefs anything like that out your at roughly where you are where you dive so I haven't actually done much diving around Donegal yet. Um, done a bit of snorkeling around, but yeah. I when I so when we re relocated back to Ireland, um, we were based in Kerry, and I did a lot of diving with the Kerry Sabaco Club there, who were incredible. Yeah. And they 
introduced to a lot of different dive sites around the coast. And it was mainly kind of rock, rocky shore diving. Yeah. Um, if you have like, say you've got the skellies and it's just basically slabs of rock all the way okay. down. Yeah. So covered in jewel anem- anemones, covered in dahlia anemones, and you've got your kelp forests and it's just wow. so much going on. You have your big lobsters and your spiny lobsters and wow. just, it's just mine. I was really pleasantly surprised um, at the, at the diving here. Um, yeah. I guess, cause most of my diving has been abroad and yeah. most of my whole instructor life has been abroad pretty much. So it's been a really lovely p- pleasure to come back. And it's right on the doorstep. It's not far away at all. I know, exactly. Yeah. It's right there. And <laughs> like, even when I, about the UK. It, yeah, that's it. Yeah. It's right there. And we don't, we definitely don't utilize it enough at no. all. And no. I think, I do think the pandemic has changed a lot of that and people definitely. are definitely kind of getting out to the coast and kind of making them like in Ireland, everyone is at least like is maximum two hours from the coast. You know, like we're, we're not a huge island and we're <laughs> yeah. an island. We're and like same as the UK, we are we, we are islanders, really. That's so great. we need to utilize it. Yeah. And we've seen that three because obviously the podcast is over two years old, but through the pandemic. Yeah people have just been wowed about UK diving and it's seen it's continued as well, which is just amazing. And hopefully that encourages people to take an interest in our own island and the conservation that we need to take care of it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And that's, what's been so wonderful kind of coming home and connecting with like, like through Instagram, I started uh, like a photography page on Instagram for Irish marine life and, and, it's funny, like I'm, I started following lots of other divers around the UK and around Ireland and just the, the community there is, inc- yeah. is amazing. And the, the pictures and the, the marine life that people are capturing is just stunning. And it's like, I've missed out on this for like my whole yeah. life. Did you, you get know? a chance to go to the uh, dive show over there? Because you had a dive I show. I did, yeah. What do you think? It was fantastic. I had, I had no idea. And again, it's just because I've, I've been abroad for so long. I wasn't connected yeah. to the diving street at all in Ireland, but kind of been in a room in Ireland with a huge room full of like all these divers. <laughs> and like you had Patty, you had SSI, you had all these technical divers, you had GUE was there, BSAC, yeah. everyone, CFT, of course. I was just like, this, this is Ireland? Like, <laughs> it was amazing. And just the connections. You're and not like, alone, you see? Big shout out to the divers. Yeah, and like a big shout out to Alcoholics Dive Center, which is in on the north coast, and they're just an incredible. It's Paddy Dive Center, and they're just doing incredible stuff with um, environmental education right. within their courses and within kind of their tours and stuff. And it's someone that I really want to connect now over the next, you know, over the next few years and see what can where we can go from here, basically. Wow. Yeah, really good. So cool. <laughs> yeah. So, are you pretty much kind of settled um, here now? With- I guess. I guess so. For now, I think, and I'm working um, for a cross-border agency, and it's based um, on environmental education. So, it's based in Derry, but we cover a huge jurisdiction from kind of source to sea. So, we're covering kind of river catchments in mm-hmm. Loch Foyle and Carlingford Loch. Um, all the way to the sea, all the way to the coast. So it's 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 a whole new kind of, obviously I'm very marine focused, but it's so wonderful now to connect kind of and work with 
um, work with schools, work with um, community groups, kind of focusing on rivers and your salmon um, life cycles and just that connection of the rivers to the sea. Uh -huh. And yeah, it's been really interesting. So I'm really excited to kind of get stuck in and working with um, youth groups uh, around that and kind of start getting people more aware. Like we want to get them out snorkeling it. That's the yeah. first step. And then the second step is, okay, there are dive centers all around. There's dive clubs all around Ireland. Connect with them and, you know, get out diving, try it. Yeah. Um, we, we were talking to, um, I'm sure you won't mind us mentioning his name, Andy Rose from, yeah, from SSI. SSI. Yeah. What, yeah. what did he tell us at the Go Diving Show? Exactly snorkeling. that. Yep. He, yeah, get he, kids into snorkeling. Yeah, get and, the passion and the experience from snorkeling. And it is an experience. It's not just a case of I want to dive. You have to want to dive for a reason. And he was saying yeah, about getting them involved in, I think it was shark eggs, wasn't it? It was just um, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Like it's like those small connections, like you have these wonderful citizen science programs in Ireland happening, like explore your shore, shore Northern Ireland, um, sea search, of course. Yeah. And and it's all about kind of getting out and doing beach surveys and go to rock pulling. Part of my work in Kerry was going out with school groups. It was with a marine, the Marine Explorer Education Program um, from the Marine Institute. And it's this incredible program focused on ocean literacy in the classroom. Yeah. And one of the one of the um, big programs of that was um, getting out and do like a seashore safari. And you just go rock pulling with with kids and it's just the oh. <laughs> best day ever you're like look at these little crabs and you know this is a shore crab this is porcelain crab this is you know and the amazement and the that is the key you know getting do the, they have anything to like tick off or anything like that yeah so they would kind of do um they'll do a bit of a presentation theory beforehand and kind of yeah. do a, an id workshop when they oh, go cool. out and then yeah. what was really nice is that we could then use everything that they id'd and use that as citizen science and send that yeah. into the irish biodiversity data center oh, wow. so it was and i was like use as little kids are becoming citizen scientists like how cool is that yeah 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 and that inspiration and that responsibility that you put in them will hopefully take them further forward so they've they've got that nugget now that they just want to yeah, yeah. Exactly. Well, once they've got a seed you, you don't know where they're going to go as you say you know it's That's it. it's all about planting those little seeds definitely yeah 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 and as we see diving is just not diving it takes you down so many different roads and there are so many different options Absolutely. and you never know who you're going to meet no that's and that's the key i think as well like on that path it's all about those connections and who you meet and yeah. the impact that they have on your, just on that experience. And if they have such a strong impact and it's, it sparks something, then that will lead you. And I guess that's how I got into photography. That's how I got into macro um, photography. It's how I got into conservation in the long run. And, yeah. you know, it was through meeting certain people that were these role models. And then I guess as an instructor yeah. then, like one of my roles at Marine Conservation Philippines was um, mentoring our dive masters and instructor, like new um, instructors. Yeah. And it was just the connect, like, and that I would spend about two months on their dive master training. So as always, you're obviously, you go through the course outline through Patty and, but it was like introducing them to conservation diving and diving with a purpose. And, but it was all about kind of buoyancy skills and, you know, really thinking like a diver and 
given them so much extra that they really kind of went away with these, like, again, like these seeds planted and, you know, they're coming away with good, like confident, but humble yeah. um, awareness as a diver and a response, an environmentally responsible diver which was obviously the most important part of it all. Yeah, yeah. well, that's it. You always got to be safe. So uh, we often like to um, say to our guests and uh, ask them, you know, can you think of a nugget of some, you know, mm-hmm. something can take away from uh, hearing about your dive and your experience, you know, um, a little gem that somebody can take away from is something to bear in mind when they're maybe diving or thinking about diving. I guess I think the best nugget to take away that what I've experienced again through my life career is don't be afraid to reach out and don't be afraid to connect with people because you will find so many passionate people and as uncomfortable at times as it seems and especially going into new environments like coming back to Ireland for example just the connections that I've made over the last year have been amazing and if I hadn't kind of, you know, reached out or sent that email or go to a dive show, for example, it's one of the best ways to network and to meet people Definitely. that are passionate about what you are, like what you're passionate about. And you just, you can meet friends for life. Yeah, yeah that's right. And sometimes you have to go outside your comfort zone. Definitely. To experience that. And you, there's no, you don't need to have, be scared. You just need to do it and just, yeah. Take that and into faith. Yeah. Don't need to be go- you don't need to be particularly deep. You don't need fancy equipment. You know, Definitely and you can you, you can, you know, enjoy what's around you, you know, uh, and get and meet new friends. So it's, that's a great sport to do. And that definitely it's it's a wonderful sport. It's it's yeah, yeah no, it's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. So based on your connections and the people that have inspired you if you could take three people diving they can be past present they don't need to be divers who would you take and why it's a really hard question (laughs) everyone no (laughs) because I'm thinking obviously everyone wants to say David Attenborough like imagine a full face mask on David Attenborough and hearing his voice underwater for a dive it was just with rebreathers obviously (laughs) but thinking about this I decided only because I copied somebody else on one of the podcasts, I'm going to put into groups. So it was going to be groups of three different kind of types of groups. I'd like right. to dive in. It sounds like it's getting complicated. <laughs> it is, it is. Because okay. it's too much. It's too difficult. Basically, family and friends, my mom and dad, I would, they're not divers and they're kind of um reaching they're in their 70s now and but I would do anything to be able to take them underwater to see what we can see they've yeah, done yeah. snorkeling before which was amazing um but to actually take them under the surface would be yeah awesome would be a dream the other group I would take I would love to go back in the water with all the mentors and kind of inspirations that I've had in the past so like all my previous dive instructors and role models and all of us just kind of get back into the water together and do that it yeah. would be amazing yeah. and the last one would be getting into schools and diving with youth groups and getting those seeds planted um i think that's the key in terms of making those connections yeah brilliant yeah really yeah brilliant yeah and yeah. you'd see that fire burn you know it started to burn within them and uh 
Absolutely. Uh, yeah, that that'd be awesome. Um, okay, last question on that then is: we give you a billboard, and uh, you can put anything on there that you like. It can be a picture, it can be on your photos of your uh, lovely website. It can be a video. It can be a statement. Anything you like, um, but it has to say a message that goes out to the world. What are you going to put on there? I think I would have definitely an underwater kind of background video of just a beautiful shallow reef where it's sparkling and you have the crackling of all the fish um, and creatures in it. And I would say connect, love and protect. Because I think not only the connect part, it's connecting with our environment, connecting with um, nature that's around us, but also connecting with the people and connecting with like, again, that's how I've kind of got to where I've got is through connections with different people and just yeah. wonderful kind of um, amazing, passionate um, people. And then obviously with those connections, you then start loving that. So whatever it is, whether it's nature, whether it's underwater, whether it's a person, you know, like I went to the Philippines and fell in love, not only with the underwater world, but that's where I met my husband and it's all. And then that leads you then to want to protect and you want to protect it like it's nothing else, you know, it's, yeah. it's like the most important thing. So if we can get those connections in at the beginning and then that will create the love and the passion for it and hopefully they do great conservation of our natural wow. world. That's really, really good. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's something that is completely um, transferable across everyone in exactly. the world. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, from whatever background as well. Yeah, that's it. And especially now, like as as you mentioned, mm -hmm. since the pandemic, you know, people are getting out in nature and and with everything going on with, you know, how it's changing and stuff. People really are making those connections and yeah. doing those little things to try and change. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. It's quite exciting times, really. It I is. Think. It yeah. is. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. So, if people want to find out a bit more about you where are the best places for them to go i'd say on instagram so i've got two kind of photography instagrams so at coral reef beauty and another one at um surface below underscore ireland uh -huh. and then my website is www.coralreefbeauty.com and that's where you can find the storybooks on there as well and um, that would just connect you to the NGO that I've partnered with. Yeah, Brilliant. that'd yeah. be great. Yeah, so hopefully there'll be a bit more interest, yeah, in the books and- uh, yeah. Definitely, it'll be fantastic. And just to help getting ocean literacy out to coastal yeah. communities, yeah. children yeah. that might not have the materials and so on to, yeah. to, to learn about their beautiful underwater world. Yeah, no, yeah. Really, spread really the great. word, spread the message. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, and the enthusiasm as well. It's just, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, and you know, getting youngsters inspired and you know, giving them that fire and passion to connect. Absolutely. Where it's all going to keep the wheels moving in divers yeah. or people interested in the underwater world. Definitely, yeah. definitely. And I like that, that's been one of the amazing things coming back to Ireland, seeing like the the university clubs and seeing how how that's changed and how many you know like I keep saying youngsters like I don't think I'm that old but I'm definitely <laughs> no, I'm moving along <laughs> but just to see Gemma's, you know, Gemma's sort of getting on a bit aren't you Gemma? Oh, <laughs> not at all not at all um 
but yeah just to see that passion coming out and that fire as you said and amongst you know teenagers and young adults it's 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 so exciting to see yeah yeah no it's been awesome yeah yeah awesome conversation yeah and hopefully yeah our listeners will yeah be inspired by that as well and youngsters which is really good absolutely yeah and if anyone in ireland is listening please reach out and we'll go diving yay yeah yeah well we'll put the connection the links into the show notes so that anybody yeah can then make a connection with you going forward or drop you an email or a dm yeah. thanks so much it was so lovely to meet you sometimes. no thank you thank you for coming yeah. on and uh you know sharing this with us that's been brilliant yeah yeah never know one day we might get dive together yeah. <laughs> well if you're ever in ireland give me a call welcome back everyone welcome <laughs> back uh we hope you enjoyed that one thank you very much for ethan for coming on and uh yeah she's lovely our evening really yeah she was a lot of fun yeah. and uh yeah we'll keep in contact with her and uh watch her rest of her scuba journey and if there's any more books yeah so that was really good and uh, we love having people uh who are of, uh, great positive got bright smile coming on the podcast and yeah it always, uh, makes our makes it a great fun show yeah definitely so, uh, inspiring yeah. yeah brilliant so uh look out for her and um you know we, we'll, we've given the details of where to go to follow her Okay, um, we just quickly mentioned about Paddy, what Paddy and Sea Legacy are up, up to. Yes. So they've they're basically joined together. They uh, have raised a petition. They're going to they want to add pressure onto the world leaders to protect thirty percent of the world oceans. Which you know we don't we don't even protect five percent. No, it's quite you know, an important so thing. So it's a really big ask. You know, and you only got to look at the last at COP twenty six, trying to get leaders around the table to agree to look after our planet. You know, and uh, you know what a job that is. So I think asking for thirty percent is a lot more. You got more chance of getting leaders to agree to thirty percent, yeah, and then saying to them, "We're going to look after all of the ocean." And every little helps. It does you know as much as what well, it'd be great to look after all the ocean. You've got to be realistic as well, haven't we? Mm. You know, and if we can get 30%, well, you can always increase it to 40%. Exactly. Can't yeah. you? You know, so uh, we'll give details of where you can go to this petition, get involved, get your names on there, and then let's add pressure to, um, to these leaders and get them to do something. Yeah, and it'd be great to watch the progress as well. And, yeah. And so you, we all know where to go to for Paddy. Uh, there'll be a link on the Sea Legacy where you can go to to follow them to keep up to date with what they're up to um, and also there'll be links in the show notes to where you can sign this petition yes yes so yeah everybody sign up yeah well done Sea Legacy well done to Paddy mm, yeah one. that's great we like you work <laughs> right it's all collaborations it certainly is it's certainly it's all about collaborations mm. um, so we've got a little bit of news on the old uh on the old scuba and and uh, podcast <laughs> scubaing well we have haven't we? we you know we've got we've joined up with some great companies um so far since we started this we, we, you, you know you've got to think that fourth element i three, three. paralins ford um the reef world foundation green apex apex shearwater shearwater <laughs> uh Mares, you know Brilliant, you know, and we, we love you all dearly. Um, and now 
we've uh, teamed up with another great company called McConks.com. Yeah, <laughs> McConks.com. They so, make fantastic paddleboards. Yes, yeah, yeah. So it's, we're now in possession of an Explorer 11.4. So we've been supplied with this paddleboard. Yep. You know, it's a great one. And we've also got a camera. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Olympus TG6 Tough camera. Yep, so we get that in the water scene as yeah, well. Supplied yeah. by ON Digital um, Solutions. Hello to Mark Thakara. 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 <laughs> anyway, he knows you. He knows. But we also say thank you. Um, you know, to we love working with these companies. Yeah, that's and, great, uh, isn't it? We look forward to um, you know sharing more. Yeah, so keep an eye on the social media front and you can see pictures of our, <laughs> the McConks yeah, paddleboard yeah. and the camera. Because you sold your last one, didn't you? Your last mm. paddleboard, didn't you? So uh, it'd be good to let us know. You know yeah, make a comparison. One, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And hopefully we'll get you out in the water and you can give it a go. Yeah, as well. I, I, I am a bit of a kayak. I've always been a bit of a kayak. But uh, I'm looking forward to getting on my uh, paddleboard again because it's so much easier. You can just, you know, put it in your boot, your car. They're inflatable paddleboards as they well. Are. Yeah. And especially so. for like a quick trip, they, they, yeah, they're a no-brainer really. I, you know, I, I do like the paddleboarding, so uh, yeah, look forward to that. And got a drone. Yeah, that's really exciting. Our second drone because our first drone that, mm, it was a bit iffy. It was a bit iffy. It started off really well. And but the, it would get to like sixty percent battery charge and then die death. Yeah, we had some near misses. Which over the water is not really helpful. No, so you've upgraded and we've upgraded. Yeah, we've got a DJI, DJI Maverick Pro. Mm-hmm. I think it is. So uh, yeah, so looking forward to getting that involved with some uh, next time we got maybe something with Ford or whoever. Yeah, just adds another dimension to the social media that we can do and, yeah, videos. Yeah, supplied and... by DJI, so uh, mm-hmm. look forward to that. Yeah, so, no, so we're quite well equipped. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> slowly uh, building up the equipment, which is good. Do it bit by bit, don't we? Yeah. You know, as you do. Um, next episode, then, we have got something a bit different for you. His name is Chef Anton. He is. Now... The name Chef, you might think, well, they could be cooking on this show or something. <laughs> no, we're not. So Chef Anton, um, he's a magician. He's a scuba magician, he an underwater magician. A scuba magician. Well, he, he does tricks up off the water he as does. well. But yeah. uh, so let me tell you about so Chef Anton. He is a master at uh, cards, master at pull, um, master at magic. He uh, performs magic in the, I think it's the Magic Castle mm-hmm. in Las Vegas. I think it's called. Um, he's been on Fallless on, on American Prime Time for Penn and Teller. Mm-hmm. I don't think he managed to fall Penn and Teller. Um, but yeah, uh, he's been on their show. Uh, and he is a, a, a master at sleight of hand. He certainly is. He does a, well, he did a trick with and us, didn't he? He's a great, great guy to talk to. Very fun. Um, and uh, we've got some tricks to pr- practice as well. Yes, yeah, he's shown us how to do And something. he teaches people a few card tricks. Uh, so when they're doing a safety stop, to take their mind off what they're doing, and uh, he'll show them a few tricks. Yeah, but they've all got a element of um, diving with them, so it's to help yes. buoyancy and yeah. yeah, everything that they use is recyclable. It's very and, clever. Yeah. Very clever. So tune in next week uh, to uh, hear that one. Yes, uh, and we need to... How often do you get to hear from a scuba magician? Well, the two don't normally go together. I don't think there's any other scuba magicians in the UK. Yeah. 
No, I think he's trying to recruit some instructors, isn't he? So yeah, that this so if speciality. you're an instructor listening and you want, and you've got an interest in magic, you need to listen to the next week's episode. Yeah, and make some contact with Chef Anton. Yeah, there we go. We like to get <laughs> some different views on diving for you. Don't say we haven't brought something fun for you. <laughs> yeah, so that's a good one. So yeah, I think so that's about it, isn't it? Yeah. Right. Okie dokie. Uh, that's it for now. Uh, don't forget to follow us on the usual platforms if you're not following us already. Uh, please, 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 we do need some reviews. Yes, it'd be great to have some. And yeah, if you can... It's free. If you listen on iTunes or iPad or whatever, you know, just leave us a review. It helps other people, helps your fellow divers find us. Yeah, and we'll give you a shout out on the and show. We will. We, yep. we always do. So... Uh, we always do so uh, do that and uh, let us know let us know if you're diving and where you're diving it's always good to hear from you from our fellow divers and apart from that yep, have a good week and have a good Easter exactly get in the water right <laughs> see you later see you next week now that does wrap up today's episode of the Big Scuba podcast but if you want to hear more from the podcast make sure you hit that subscribe or follow button depending on what platform you are listening on that way you will never miss an episode from us. But if you are listening on Apple Podcasts and did enjoy what you heard today, we would really appreciate it if you head to the show page to leave a five-star rating and review. It really does help us. If you do, please take a screenshot of that review and send it to us on Instagram and we'll give you a shout out to say a big thank you. If you have any questions for us, or anything that has been mentioned in today's episode, be sure to reach out to us on any of our social media platforms or send us an email. The links are in the show notes. We will get back to you no matter what. If you have made it to this point in the episode, we both want to say a big, big thank you for tuning in and we'll see you on the next episode.